The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is the so-called golden age of stand-up comedy come again. Uh, and tonight we're getting inside the mind of the independent comic. I am Dean Young, and tonight we're about to go inside the joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Global News Radio 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming coast to coast on the Global News Radio Network. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go inside the joke. We got a full panel in studio tonight. We got a full, all the mics full in studio lineup. Uh, Some new friends of the show, and uh, one returning friend of the show. We have Black Zeus joining us once again. Ah, hello, everybody. How's it going? It's been uh, a minute, as the kids say. Yes, is that what the kids still say? Yes. I'm, I'm rapidly approaching middle age, so I need to find out from you. Uh, Black Zeus, who recently appeared on the iconic Nubian show here in Toronto. We'll find out a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you have Black Zeus, the podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, and everybody on this panel either has a podcast or has done a podcast. It's comedy. Everybody and their dog has a podcast. How original. So we're going to find out what that has to do with people's onstage personas and, and, and the world of comedy. We have Dave Harris in studio with us. Hi. Hello, all the, all the way from Vancouver. Uh, of course, your new album, Pointless, now out on 604 Records, which we were talking before the show, just 604 is just cranking out, I think, the most comedy records in the country right now, really. It's like a puppy mill. It's a puppy mill <laughs> of but independent. Less fun. It does. It feels like every week I come to the studio, there's like a somebody's new album being sent here from 604 Records. It's nice to see. It's nice yeah. to see all these Canadian comics cranking out all this stuff on this label. We have comedy writer Pat Dussault in studio with us. Hi. How are you doing, Pat? I'm very well. How are you? Nice to have you here. Another first time we're on the show. And last but not least, Laura Lebo is in studio with us. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Laura, of course, on the uh, the, the world-famous Yuck Yucks roster. You're out. You're hitting festivals, hitting the state. You recently did the Icebreakers I Comedy Festival did, as yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you did have a podcast called Family Therapy. I did. It's still it's still it's on still the air. It's still out there. It's still on the airwaves. It's still floating yeah. around. Uh, and if, I want to ask you guys, and Dave, this kind of ties in with you as well. You've, of course, done podcasts. And you also have, you co-host Beer Me oh, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. You're the reason why we played that Sloan song off the top. Oh, okay. Money City Maniacs. That is like the quintessential Canadian beer commercial anthem, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it sounded like you guys were... We're trying to sell me a Labatt Blue with that. <laughs> it is. It's like the de facto beer anthem. What's really quick? What's beer me all about? By the um, way. Okay, so it's a me and a friend of mine. We we drink a six pack of beer in an hour. And, okay. And rate it. But by the end, we're pretty uh, get a little buzz. Intoxicated. Going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lightweight. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Respect. Then, and one of the beers we have to shotgun, so it's 
It's really rough. All right, for the for the art. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is there a lot of just beer drinking noises? Um, oh, we make sure to get the cracks in, like the yeah. You do your own foley. Yeah, yeah. But the, other than gl- that, gl- 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 like all that stuff. No, that's OG no. radio, man. No, that's I listened to much. forty-five minutes of that. <laughs> so is. this is an ASMR podcast. I was gonna say we were talking about ASMR <laughs> yeah. before the show. That really is. It's a beer ASMR. <laughs> I'll fall asleep to that or pass out to that. It, it is soothing. It's very soothing. It really is. Yes. When do you actually start to feel a little tipsy? What's your What's your number? Like like the third beer. Nice. Oh really? Nice. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Now do uh, do grizzly crime procedurals count as ASMR? Because my wife <laughs> exclusively <laughs> falls asleep to that. She my my wife works uh, in the special needs field, and so yeah. there's a lot of. Basically, she comes home. She's like, I don't have the mental bandwidth for anything that requires thinking. So all she likes are really grizzly procedurals which is fine except that she likes to fall asleep to it and like I, <laughs> you're listening yeah, like the, the soothing podcast. sounds of yeah. murder really when you're falling asleep yeah die yeah. which die. might explain my Her night terrors dreams terrors. must be insane right yeah. mine are mine so she'll listen to like cereal or something and fall asleep to oh that. no I wish it was at least or audio. is it TV okay. procedures yeah yeah no, it's like all the like uh, law and orders and okay. CSIs and like <laughs> you wake up in so Richard Belzer's in all her dreams yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean even before this I think he was isn't too. Richard Belzer in all of our dreams he's a real piece of ass don't you, don't you, first swear of the show, I wouldn't oh. have thought it was about oh. Richard Belzer. That's, that's Sorry, a, can I amend that? He's no. a real piece of tush. Tush, yeah. Uh, for the black tush. delegate, who is Richard Belzer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, tell you what. He's a hot piece of tush. He's oh. a hot piece of tush. He's Got a 65-year-old hot piece of tush. <laughs> I'll take that back to the community. And he's been wearing Diddler glasses since before mm. they were trendy. Like those transitions that so never he's trying fully. To tell us something? Yes. Yeah. He's all ears, baby. <laughs> for all you, ears. For you guys, I was curious, because we do really kind of this panel runs the gambit of we're doing stand-up comedy writing podcasting online stuff youtube series you can just say we're broke you're all yeah well yeah. we're all we're all broke for sure but i mean a lot of people are talking about how we are in quote unquote this sort of golden age of stand-up again where stand-up became a thing to go and watch again and i think obviously netflix played a huge role in that because everybody has a netflix special amazon prime now is starting to crank out more specials but i think before that it was really the advent of the podcast that really put comedians on the map again and made stand-up sort of, for lack of a better term, a cool thing again. Do you guys, as working comics and comedy writers, do you guys think that we are in that right now where stand-up is sort of a hot thing again? Like stand-up is something to go out and see again? It's definitely a hot thing to go out and do again. Yeah. 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 There are 8 million open mic comics in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, Every time you go to a show, there's like 15 new comics that I haven't met. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing comedy, and I think that is because it is cool again. And I think podcasts have played a role because it's sort of like um, it's brought out the personalities behind the comedians, right? Yeah. Like you get to really know these people, and I think in the age of like YouTube and influencers, you got to kind of know the people. Yeah. Right. And I think we've seen a revival of specific scenes in Canada too. I mean, Dave coming from Vancouver, Vancouver has a fantastic stand up scene. And a lot of people coming up and doing albums and stuff, it's a lot different than it was even three, four, five years ago. Cities like Edmonton, you go to Edmonton and you can actually, there's working independent rooms almost seven nights a week where you go and get paid stage time. A lot of this stuff didn't exist a few years ago. Yeah. And I think... In in Vancouver, though, uh, a really good club just closed down recently. Uh, Oh, no. Yeah, the Comedy Mix, it was called. Yeah, that's true. You turned this into a Bruce Springsteen album. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The Comedy Club shut down. That was... I went more Tom Waits on that, but... They're all working at the mill, though, now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's... When the club... The silver lining. Shut down. Yeah, there's only one club now in Vancouver, so... 
Yeah. In the Vancouver area. I think that's why yeah. we're seeing a lot more uh, across Canada. I mean, we're seeing a lot more independent clubs open up and a lot more, I mean, Icebreakers Festival or is another good example, people starting their own festivals that are getting these large followings. 604 Records cranking out all these comedy albums. A lot of this sort of independent stuff that didn't exist a couple of years ago. It's because a lot of the sort of older infrastructure is gone now, so people are just taking it on themselves to just Bam. start this stuff, right? That is it. Bam! <laughs> you know what? I would say that it's never been easier because of technology to sort of do it for yourself. Yeah. And the, un- the byproduct of that that was doing it for yourself means doing it for free. Yes. Uh, so, but this I, is Canada, so we're, we're used to it. We're already doing it for free. All right. We'll I come can back. feed my kids exposure, right? <laughs> we'll come back with more getting paid and exposure and beer tickets right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, Canada. You are tuned into Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Of course, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Even if you're sitting in the back row, it's probably fine. Hakeem Optical. <laughs> Your that eyes is, can have it all at Hakeem Optical. Can, can I just tell you that I am currently wearing Hakeem Optical contact lenses? There we go. What a beautiful... And I can what? see... In four years of doing this show, you are the first guest, Pat, that has ever said, I have those. I woke up and I said, I love my eyes. I believe they should have it all. Yeah. (laughs) If only there was a store that catered to this philosophy. Right. And lo and behold... The radio spoke to my soul. And they they bring you the highest rated comedy focused show on pseudo conservative talk radio that airs Sunday nights at 8 p.m. in the GTA. That's literally the kind of contact lens that I described to them that I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Our panel tonight is, of course, Dave, Pat, Laura, and Black Zeus. That sounds like a really weird... You can just say Zeus if you want, you know what I'm saying? It sounds redundant. I always assumed Zeus was black. Yeah, he is now, baby. Yeah. That's right. It's 2020. <laughs> Zeus could have been black. We're talking about <laughs> how oversaturated. I mean, well, stand-up scenes in cities like Toronto and Vancouver. I mean, yeah, it is. I guess you could say it's oversaturated. Cockroaches. Right? Yes. It's because I think you know. Before the break, we were talking about how stand-up sort of is in this revival again, where stand-up became a thing to go out and watch again, and Netflix and podcasts and all this stuff sort of popularized it. How difficult do you guys all find it as comedians and writers? To sort of coming up in scenes like this to to hone your voice and stand out from that pack, from that just massive wave of constantly new comics and open micers coming in and sort of promote yourself and stand out from that. Very hard. <laughs> everybody's everybody's the best in their own mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's really just time. I think you start to understand that the longer you stay in it, the better you will get, the more you'll understand your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, for me, it's not a competition. I don't That's think anybody nice for offers everybody my else perspective. it is, but not for you. Yeah, yeah I just, just I literally, nobody yeah. offers my perspective. <laughs> so what? what is that? Yeah, okay. I know it's a little weird. Like, okay, I'll take this as a black comic. There, as a black comic, there's a feeling like we're all competing for a certain level, like number of spots. Yes. Here in this country, for sure. Especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, but even then, I... I I don't know, just the longer I've stayed in it, the more I've realized this is the rest of my life. My only concern is being as like better than I was yesterday and just continuing to show progress and get opportunity. Right. Yeah. You know, like I 
I think if your goal is to stand out, um, you're not maybe going to be successful at it. You just you just keep going, you keep yeah. writing, keep getting better, and you'll find your voice. And if it's original, great. And if it's not super original, fine. But you're if you're really good at it, then you'll get. Work, yeah, it's putting you know? in that time, and I think you have to look at. It doesn't matter if you you know you're you're booked on some big show that you've had on the calendar for a bit that you're sort of working up towards, or you're just going out to a mic to work on some stuff that night. I think. You have to keep that mindset that every time you step on stage could be like your best set or your worst set. Yeah. You know, oh, you have to worry about that chunk corner. of time every single time, right? You're only as good as your last set. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Though I always offer this to any comic. Is I yeah. feel like you, it's true. And this is going to contradict it, but you're only as good as your last set. But also, I always feel like any given set is not a referendum on whether or not you're funny. Totally. Yeah. You, you know totally. Because I mean? you, yeah. you can't control the room and you mm-hmm. can't really control yeah. the vibe that's going on that night. But to your question about like, how do you stand out? Like, I agree with you. I think that, I think standing out is a younger person's goal when you don't, yeah. before you're out there and you're like, oh shit, shoot, I should just work on honing my craft. But yeah. I also think that maybe that's where there's value in uh, being in a, in a city that's not Toronto when you're coming up because, mm. you know, Vancouver or Montreal are big cities in the objective sense. But in terms of like, as a market, it's sort of easier to maybe find space for yourself because when you come here, like everybody's a comic absolutely and, and, yeah. and, and it's harder to differentiate yourself whereas mm-hmm. if you kind of maybe get your sea legs in another city and kind of come here with um mm-hmm. a bit of a resume that maybe it's easier to hit the ground running and it doesn't make it less of a challenge but yeah and i yeah. think that's a double-edged sword too i think a lot of it's almost like every couple of years those other stand-up scenes like the calgary's and the ottawa's and the halifax is just sort of the people who have come up there for a few years and sort of became you know the the top dogs in whatever city they're from those cities just sort of empty their comedy scenes into toronto (laughs) every few years so there's this influx of people and i always watch it happen because you you know we all have our comedy hometown where you started comedy i'm not from toronto but this is where i started comedy so i'd watch it happen people would come from like ottawa or something and be like wait uh there's not automatically a full crowd of people on a Sunday night. I'm not getting paid for everything. It's like, no, you're going to be telling some jokes to uh, five other comics at two in the morning that just are waiting for their turn. And that's, you know. Yeah, I think too, like because there are so many people performing comedy in Toronto, if you're trying to make your voice original, you might lose sight of what's actually funny because there's yeah. so much comedy that it's yeah. you're bound to have a similar voice to somebody or totally. or a similar vibe. So if you're just sort of like trying to get more and more and more original, you kind of spin out into like no one really knows what you're talking about mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> and I think that comes with time too. I mean, to Pat's point, I mean, you yeah, a lot of brand new comics go, okay, I idolize so-and-so as a performer, so I'm just going to aspire to be the next that. Yeah. And they bring that to the open mics. I think it's just a, a self-awareness thing that comes over time where you sort of, you figure out who you are through mm-hmm. your writing and through your voice on stage. And that's fat just sort of melts off the bone where you just, you gradually become who you're going to be on stage. I and you that's... try not to worry about what other people are doing, I think, right? I totally agree. Comedy I... is almost like high school or jail. It's like just keep your head <laughs> down, be friends with everybody, and just worry about your own stuff. Don't get shanked. Yeah, it's... don't get shanked. For <laughs> I sure. truly like feel most comics actually only see one out. Yeah. They only see the stage. Like, that's it. They don't realize there's literally a million outs. Look at Pat. Writer. Let's look at Let's Pat. Let's look at him. Hi, Let's yeah. all look at him right now. But, like, oh, comedy boy. writer, you know what? But people don't realize that there's multiple ways through this... Like, they start on the stage and they think that's all they can do. Yeah. Mm. But if you look at comedy as a business, like, you know, and you, you stay in it long enough, you start to realize there's multiple avenues that you can take. 
Yeah, and you might not be best suited for the stage. I think, like, honesty, you got to be honest with yourself. And I think you have to, I mean, because there's so much exposure to everything all at once, and we are going after, in Canada, we are arguably going after a limited pool of things. I mean, there's X amount of big festivals, there's X amount of club stages. And I think, yeah, that 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 does sort of happen over time where you're just sort of trying not to compete with that right in a way you just sort of have to come and worry about your own stuff and bring mm-hmm. whatever you can to the table and figure that out over time i want to get into how comedy being maybe oversaturated in markets like this is sort of a positive in a way too and what what sort of audience reaction be to that we'll be back with our panel of four with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto Oh yeah, Canada, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and of course coast to coast on the Global News Radio Network because all of our guests aren't just from Toronto. We have a little bit of everything here. We have Dave joining us from Vancouver right here in Sioux. Yeah, you can talk to Dave on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Pat, Montreal born and bred. That's me. Now working here in Toronto. We have Zeus. Hello. From Greece to Hamilton to Toronto. Yes, sir. Strange trajectory both my parents are african figure it out there you go you're a little all over the place and of course laura lebo from right here in toronto we were talking about how uh before the break how yeah cities like toronto and vancouver and montreal are sort of because stand-up is in this revival period again now so these scenes are growing more and blowing up more i think the sort of flip side of the coin that's maybe happening is there's more room for comics and producers and content creators in Canada to pave their own way now. People could start their own albums and labels and festivals and clubs, etc. But in cities like this, where there are so many open mics and there are so many newer comics, we also get that thing where if you're trying to build a good show or you're trying to build something new, you get, and I'm sure you've all had this happen, you run into those audience members who go, well, uh... I walked into an open mic one time by accident, and I sat there for 20 minutes, and it was the worst experience of my life. And hostage now that's, situation. Yeah, now that's just my perception of what live comedy is. Yeah. I mean, how do you how how tough it is it in an environment where there is room to grow and build things, but also to sort of cultivate something good and build that audience and and let people know, okay, like this is something worth coming out and seeing. It's it's a, <laughs> it's a weird balance. Yeah, because when you when you first start out, you're hungry for stage time. Yeah, of course. You're in yeah. the mentality of I have to perform like 18 times a day. Yes. Just to just to progress, just to get my voice out, just to figure that stuff out. But I feel like at the beginning stages, you're just so hungry for that stage time. And there's a lot of comics who devalue this whole thing. Yeah. Because they're hungry for stage time at the beginning of their career, not realizing like you kind of have to take some lumps, pay your dues, like show up to good shows before you get to get on them yes, introduce amen, yourself yeah. so then those people start their own shows free shows they don't pay the comics it, like it's the the bar is very low yeah. and that is the majority of this scene and that's an excellent point I brought that up last week I think that is not to say I don't want to go all Grand Torino like old man get off my lawn with this but i think there is some of that that's lost a little bit that whole idea of okay i'm a newer comic starting out in a scene like this go to the good 
established heritage shows and don't go well i've done two sets when can i get on mm -hmm. go and watch the shows go and meet the bookers just go sit and, go and watch what headliners are doing like learn from actually being in the audience you'll get there yeah. if it's if the time's right for you and you work your way towards it you'll get there but you have to take this stuff in you know yeah when I first started, I literally would take comics that I admired or that I looked up to. I would ask them out for a beer or for lunch or something. Yeah. Just buy them a beer and literally just pick their brain for an hour or two hours. Like, like if you see Dave at a club in Vancouver. Oh, I'm not talking to him. He oh. likes beer. So. <laughs> no. I'm just I, I do like beer. Yeah. I actually would like to take Dave into a, let's say, a closed room with right. a <laughs> recording device and drink an arbitrary number of beers. Let's say six. That, I, I'm your man. Okay, cool. Yeah. Or Maybe without we'll a recording off. device, you yeah. know? Yep. Just to do it. Just do it. That's called playing for love of the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say it all, because I think, I mean, everybody goes at this their own way, and everybody has to figure out their own thing and, and what they're doing and the way they want to do it. One thing that always kind of drove me crazy was was the set counters, as I mm. call them. Those people who come up to you at open mics be like, I did 20 sets this week. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. It's such a dude thing. It is, yeah. right? And it's like they have their little notebook with like the lines crossed off. It's like, yeah, that's set number 18 this week. Okay, yeah. well, do you remember what you did at those? Did you pay yeah. attention to what was there Were an there audience? An did audience? They react? Yeah. And at that point, just play a sport. You know, yeah. like yeah. you really want to yeah. play a sport, yeah. just play a sport. That's... You know, you might get hurt. No, you're right. And I've seen that creeping now into social media and some younger comics sort of take like the analytic approach where they're yeah. they're like, this joke got X likes or X retweets. Yeah. And, and so at the same time, just as devil's advocate, I Absolutely. do, I, I get, I get that hunger, you know, when the light goes on for the first time and you're like, oh, this is what I want to do. All you want to do is have the opportunity to showcase. And, and, and presumably if you're doing this, it's because you think you're good at it or yeah. that you could yeah. be good at it. So I... It's it's the hardest thing. I remember uh, like 10 or 12 years ago, uh, and I, I'd moved out to Vancouver, and I started out in, in improv, on the improv side of things. And there was this show uh, that doesn't exist anymore, a place called The Urban Well. And there was basically the headlining card, which were all the sort of big dogs on the scene. And then yeah. there was the, the undercard of, of the up-and-comers. And... And so being new, like, you know, you only play the undercard and yet, you know, there's that part of you that's like, I just, just let me show what I can do. And I understand you do need to pay your dues. And I do think that that's, and I think that patience, like if I could tell myself 12 years ago about the virtue and the value of patience, it, I'd probably be uh, better for it. And at the same time, there is like a weird gatekeeper mentality sometimes with shows. And, yeah. and it's mm -hmm. like who the arbiter is of like, have you paid sufficient dues yeah. can be frustrating sometimes. So like I do see it. But at the same time, I think ultimately you're right. Like if you're just a puppy, get housebroken first before yeah. you get to go it, sleep inside. In, in well, Vancouver, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, it's like that in a lot of Vancouver. It's like a boys club. It's almost like. You got to get in with the football team, like you're in high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like you get beat up, or, or like uh, for me, that's the hardest part. Um, like networking, I'm kind of a shy guy, so um, all the shows are independent in Vancouver. So you have to like schmooze with the like the showrunner. Yeah. Like they won't put you on. They, sometimes they won't put you on unless you like hang out with them yeah. off. Like personally? Yeah. yeah personally. That's crazy. No, but Toronto, <laughs> that's like, crazy. Toronto's so, like that too sometimes. There is that. Yeah. For sure there is like, that element. It's like, you don't know my uncle, you can't be on this show. You'll miss out if you don't go and have a beer. Like, like you'll never get on like this show. You'll be like, oh, I, I, I did pretty well the last time they saw me, but I don't get on because I didn't stay out yeah. until two in the morning last week. Yeah, and there yeah. is that. And I mean, it's interesting, Pat, talking about coming up in the improv world because I think... In improv, we've talked about this on the show before, there's so much less swagger and ego 
Because no one will ever get rich doing improv. No one will ever. And also, it's a, team, it's a sport. team sport. Totally. Yeah. Like, you're only as good as the person, your scene partner or the writer you're working with. Yep. In stand up, it's that whole lone wolf mentality of like, well, yeah, this is my scene, this is my community, but my goal is to just rise above all of these people and take away their food. But there's, <laughs> I do appreciate that because I do think like the difference between improvisers and stand ups in that way is like, there is a wonderful inclusivity to improvisers, although there's also a, a, a hierarchy there too, yeah. for sure. But it, I think that that's a great incubator to feel safe and take risks. But what I appreciate about standups, because it is a lone wolf thing, like it's a pretty merciless and competitive business mm-hmm. irrespective of, of your medium within it. And I think that comics develop a thicker skin where you can take the lumps and not feel as devastated. Not uh, always. Not always. But I, I, I do appreciate that resiliency that, mm. that stand-up kind of like in, enforces on you. Yeah. What I appreciate about improv is stand-up comics are so afraid to be goofy yeah. or yeah. silly mm. or not cool for a second. And improv comics just don't care. No, It's, it's so, so true. vulnerable. Because it's I almost like, it. well, this is going to affect my brand. Yeah. This is my persona. Yeah. Mm. Or Where, like, you know, I have a wall up or yeah. whatever. I, yeah. I, I Whereas improv is just about letting go. Yeah. I think improv is... T- Ten times harder than stand-up. I don't know about anyone else. It's, it's, yeah, it scares it's me. It's hard. I think because at stand-up, I mean, obviously everybody has, you know, their different approach to crowd work, et cetera. But I think with, with stand-up, it's, uh, it's about sort of keeping the audience at arm's length. Yeah. Mean, I'm up here, you're down there. Whereas in improv, it's like just break the walls down and let everybody flood on stage. And you like, have to bring do invisible dishes. In. You <laughs> have to do invisible dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and you fail, you fail as a group. And that is yeah. true. Because if you're bombing on stage, like, God, that's lonely. And that's, like, it's hard not to take it personally. If you're in a group scene, and it's definitely, I've been part of many a scene that has gone down in flames. Yeah. But there is like that, there's a moment where you kind of make eye contact with each other and there's that mutual recognition of, yeah. you know what, if we're going to go down, let's have a good time with let's it. do and it then, together and and i've seen scenes be resurrected for that same reason right because like these two people are clearly having such a good time and like we're all in on the fact that we're drowning here and they seem to like that struggle whereas in stand-up the struggle's not compatible i have seen it for stand-up yeah. though yeah all right I have we'll come be- back we'll come back break with that we'll, we'll fail as a group together right after this break <laughs> with more inside jokes right here on global news radio 640 toronto Oh yeah, Canada, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. We're going to do it again? Your eyes can have it all at Hakeem Optical. Thank you for saving me on that one. Uh, right? We have, we are, we are the world in studio. We were talking before the break about gatekeepers too in comedy, and I think... That's an interesting point, too, because I think, you know, the the sort of the stand-up generation that came before us, you know, the the Canadian road dogs that we all grew up watching on TV and on the galas, I mean, the Mike McDonald's and the Ron Jameses and that whole generation, a lot of times would say you have to be in this game X amount of years before it's time to record your album and stuff like that. But I mean, the the commerce of it has changed and the audience has changed and the economy of it has changed. And I think that's not so true anymore. I mean, look at comedy here often, how many records are being churned out through that label right now. Some of these comics have been around for 10, 15 years. Some of them have been around for two years, but I think it's different for everybody. I mean, 
Yeah. I have complicated feelings about the gatekeeper thing. I mean, and just who does comedy. I think I think it's important not to dilute comedy, right? We yeah. want when people when when the audience sees comedy, we want them to love it cuz then they come back. But I also think there are a lot of people who wouldn't have gotten opportunities in comedy if this sort of alternative feminist queer scenes hadn't come about. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we we need to not have just certain gatekeepers. It's almost that idea of well, there's too many people now. They're taking our jobs. I mean, which is stabbing ourselves in the back because it's like the more we have happening and the more we cultivate in comedy, aren't we just inviting more audience in? Because the whole thing is people exactly. being able to see that and go, oh, that reflects me. That speaks to me. Yeah. So, I mean, the more you, the, the audiences are smarter than we think. So, I mean, the, they're going to figure that out for themselves. So the more we give people and the more we expose them to, I think is the better for everybody in general. For sure. As long as they're great. As long or, as they're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think Laura tapped into something really astute there. Two things. One is I, I lean fairly left politically, but I, 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 what I appreciate in comedy is I think that this sort of capitalism is a friend to comedy in the sense that like, I think that the market should dictate who's getting opportunities because whatever resonates and what, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. is what should drive it. And I, and I will say, I admire that about the United States in general is, is it is such like a coldly ruthless calculation in that way of like, is this person going to make me money or not? And there does sometimes feel like in Canada, like it's, well, it's this person's turn or it's that person's turn. Yeah. Having said that and, and it, about making space and representation, you know, uh, one thing I'm noticing is, you know, there's there's finally a, a long overdue emphasis on better representation on screen, on stage, in writers' rooms. Uh, but there's a, there's a very fam- well known Canadian writer named Mark Farrell. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a co creator of Corner Gas. He worked on the newsroom, all things. And he made the the observation. He'd suggested that like also um, diversity, more or better representation at the executive level, because mm-hmm. I think if it's Ultimately, you need the people that are that are making those staffing decisions to be as diverse as as whatever it is you are staffing, right? And yeah. so there's a perspective yep. there that it, I think that if you do, you need that diversity of thought, you know, because what occurs to you is, oh, this person would be right for it. All you have is your life experience, and you mm-hmm. can try your best to try to broaden the scope of that, and and everybody should do that. Yeah, but also just like inherently, you know see more women, more people of color, uh, different sexual orientations that are at the actual executive level that are making those decisions, well, maybe they're attuned to certain voices or comics that somebody else who doesn't fit that profile yeah, would be. Totally. So, awesome I mean, you're just awesome going to green light more things, and it's totally true, because otherwise you're just going to have the same perpetuating thing where it's like, okay, the same X amount of people representing this and that are going to get through the gates, and that's it. Really? Yeah. I mean, we look at in the last few years in Canada how much the festival lineups have changed. Yes. Mm-hmm. How different the galas are. How yeah. how how much stuff like CBC comedy and all these like independents and network shows are completely different from what we were seeing a couple of years ago. Even it's also that balance of not making it feel like a handout yes, too. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like avoiding tokenism. Right? Yeah. 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 It's like I don't want to be here just because you think I need to be here. Yeah. Because like you're missing a piece that makes you look better. Right. It's totally true. It's and I like mean, a weird balance. Yeah, yeah, it's like a weird balancing act. And audiences are smart. I mean, Baroness Von Sketch isn't on the air because we needed an all-female sketch show. Baroness Von Sketch is on the air because it's funny. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. yeah. You know? And it just happens to be something that was missing, but in the end, it's on the air because it's funny. Tall boys, too. Tall, Tall boys, yeah. same thing. Shout like, out. Yeah. Again, Shout like, those. that's an audience that goes, oh, huh. 
that those people reflect me, but it's on the air because it's funny. I have never seen. There. I'm so proud of the tall boys guys as a yeah. black person. Forget comic. Literally, I've not seen that in Canada. Yeah, like the the level of representation. It's such. It's weird. You don't think about it until you actually witness it. Yeah, yeah. it's like that level of representation that I have not experienced as a black person. Yeah, that's interesting. In sketch on TV. In Canada, it just blew my mind. I'm so proud of those guys. Well, you know what I think part of that is, though, too, is that, like, we're a young country. Yeah. And 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 I would say that, like, Canada, we are very much, like, our place in the world and also just our identity as a country. It, it, we're, it, it's, we're finally starting to, like, see more of the results of the last 25 or 30 years. And, and Canada's gone from being an overwhelmingly white country to an increasingly multicultural country. That's right. Except for Victoria. It's like our selling point. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Although I want to see an all elderly sketch show that speaks to Victoria. <laughs> I mean, that would be good. We're going to come back with more young Canadian comics right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah, never having sex, growing old. I really Which, thought you were going to come through with a black song. Just I know, one, just right? one. <laughs> well, I you know. sing the Hakeem Optical song, so that was like a black right, song. Yeah. <laughs> Hakeem Optical, as my grandma called it, yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard the I Mother Earth cover of the Hakeem Optical song? <laughs> <laughs> I, is it, would it be mean if I said I didn't even, I've never even heard of Hakeem Optical? I know. Oh, they probably don't <laughs> do that. He's, he's joking, he's joking. He was just <laughs> espousing their I think virtues. It's the East Coast thing, is it? I, I don't know if it's in... No, well, maybe it's not in Vancouver. All I don't right. know. I feel bad. For Where do you no, get I, your don't, eyes? Don't feel bad. Eyeglasses. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna get spectacles. Lens crafters big out there? Yeah, yeah, they're big. Oh, okay, wow. well, yeah. in Vancouver, if you're listening, we're also brought to you by lens crafters. <laughs> you guys are really stoking the tensions of the eyewear. And whatever, <laughs> their, yeah, and whatever their slogan happens to be. Yeah. We were talking before the break with our our diverse panel of four. Comedy writers, stand-ups, people doing online, YouTube stuff. We are talking before the break about how diversity has played a role in the changing landscape of Canadian comedy. For you guys, I mean, a big part of that, too, is a lot of people are using YouTube, and we were talking about podcasts earlier, social media to sort of build your own audience and your online platform. All of you guys have done all of the above. How separate of a thing is that from what you're doing on stage? I mean, do you guys see social media as a necessary tool or a necessary evil? In comedy, in building your comedy, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not necessary. It's not evil. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. I think it's two separate, totally separate things for me. I mean, I guess it's it's like networking. It gets you out there, so yeah. people know your name. But um, I don't think it has to do with like for me, stand up, and then the getting drunk for in an hour. <laughs> yeah. I, guess I, I guess I'm I the wrong think, person. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't think it's like it's necessary to be. A working comic, but I think people really do take off once they're if their social media presence yeah, takes off, yeah. they can really yeah. find success very quickly. Well, I mean, even look at like the festival lineups in the last couple of years. I mean, here in Toronto, JFL Forty Two. I mean, they started having some of the headliners doing the galas would be like YouTubers, Instagram yeah. comics, and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, didn't they it, kick that one? Guy, that one guy got booed off stage in really? Montreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, who there was, was an that? Instagram was comedian oh, that I they brought that. in to yeah. host Some guy from the States, yeah. Oh. And he's not a comedian, so exactly what you think would happen, happened. He sucked. Really? <laughs> yeah. I had an experience where I wrote uh, for Lily Singh a couple years ago mm -hmm. at Just for Laughs, which, I, I mean, I, I would consider Lily Singh to have originated, uh, I guess, YouTube more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And now she's literally a late night, a yeah. network late night host. Yeah. So yeah. to your point star. that it can catapult. Crossing that divide. Yeah. 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 And she has that quality. Like she yeah. is a star, you know. Um, I think the thing about social media as a writer, and it's probably different for comics, the value of it for me, I agree with Dave. Like I don't think it's necessarily about advancing any sort of professional brand. I like it because I'm only looking for reasons to procrastinate. And the value of social media is that I usually procrastinate by writing jokes on social media and then invariably some show that I'm writing for, I will cannibalize my own social media feed and use those jokes. But then the humbling thing about it is I would say that like 90% of the funniest people that I read on Twitter aren't even comedy professionals, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's when you realize like how many people are just naturally funny or have Uh figured out social media. Um, And so, you know, I, I think you're right. I think you can propel social media can propel you to a career but i don't know necessarily that like you need it to no no i don't think you need it i mean but it is interesting i have a fake influencer account okay (laughs) it's a character it's not real and i've gotten like money and people send me free stuff and i have more followers and more attention from this than i ever will with my comedy and it's so depressing it's like a colbert type (laughs) thing kind of i mean that would give it too much credit but yeah 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 it's just me being silly and and playing and you actually get real offers out of this man the world is amazing yeah we should all be seven-year-olds doing toy reviews yeah that kid makes like 20 million dollars millions it's sad i had to watch a bunch of those at christmas with my it's not even that good i am trying to i am trying to figure out like this new era of social media and and navigating that to promote yourself like yeah because i i agree with all of you i really don't think it's necessary and i i wish it wasn't such a key component to some of marketing now yeah but it re- like but to it's me it's, be- it's literally well, becoming I mean, marketing now like, you have a built-in pretty good name for that i mean you could black zeus you can yeah. either do comedy or start selling condoms or something i but swear way. to you the <laughs> yeah. amount of times that i've thought about in 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 my come up of changing the name just to use my regular name or whatever every time i came to that realization that that question i decided not to i was happy with the reason why i chose the stage name but also i immediately recognized the benefit to promoting myself with a name like Black Suits. Sorry, good, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, you No, please. I was just going to say it would be a good alarm company name. <laughs> Black Suits, there we go. We'll come back with more inside oh, jokes. Is right Black Suits not your birthday? Canada, welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We had a lot of fun tonight. Thank yeah. you so much to our panel. Panel of four, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we have enough people on the panel tonight to pretend we have an audience, a live studio. <laughs> and we're, we're airing during the Oscars, apparently, so we really do need to pretend that we have an audience this week. Uh, we're going to go around, find out where you can watch... First off, watch live comedy. That's what this yeah. show is all about. That's why we've existed for four plus years. So watch our, all of our comics on the panel. Read their stuff. Watch their stuff. We're going to find out where you can see them. Laura Libo, where can people find you? 
Um, you can come uh, watch me at the Kitchener Waterloo Festival in both Kitchener and Waterloo on February 28th and 29th. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at Laura Lebo or Beckany Influencer. That's spelled, um, that's spelled B-E-C-K-A-N-Y, just like you'd think. Uh, and that's it. That's me. Awesome. Black Zeus, we're great. I mean, it's pretty easy to Google that. Definitely. I just relaunched my website, aka blackzeus.com. Got a bunch of content. I have a weekly podcast every Wednesday on iTunes, Google, and Spotify called Black Zeus the Podcast. Um, I just headlined Nubian Show for the first time, but I'm yeah. back uh, April on the April Nubian Show for the Just for Last Showcase. So nice. I'll plug that. Fantastic heritage show here in Toronto. That's what, 26, 27 years it's been going for? That's uh, 25. 25? 20, yeah. yeah, that's there you go. That doesn't happen a lot in Canadian comedy. Dave, of course, you have your new album out now? Yeah, uh, it's called Pointless, because uh, it is pointless. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 604 Records, uh, so cop that that's, that's the <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah i think you, you can get it on itunes and spotify and um I'm, i'll be on the corner i got hard to, i got cds too. you're an adorable <laughs> human being uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um dink so small there we go all dink so small comp that too yeah, hit me up cop that <laughs> Uh, and of course, Pat, where can we find your stuff, my friend? Uh, you can find me, uh, follow me on Twitter at Pat Duso or go to my website, patduso.com. has a bunch of uh, sketches and other things from TV that I've written. Uh, you can also go to discoverkeep.com. I'm uh, the spokesman for and make comedy videos for uh, this new product called The Keep. It's a sort of high end cannabis storage box aimed at. Uh, at the emerging market of well-heeled potheads. Um, yes. And it's fun. I'm just the keep guy. I'm just playing some uh, uh, successful business guy who happens to blaze all the time and <laughs> yeah. teaching teaching other types to uh, store their stash responsibly. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could wear an RW and Co. bow tie, will you? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> exclusively. The there you go. <laughs> Thank you again to our panel. Uh, tune in to us every Sunday night here in Toronto on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And of course, you can find all of our episodes, season for and beyond online on the Global News Radio Network. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx featuring Dave Harris. No, I do have a girlfriend. I was going to say I do own a girlfriend. I don't, that's a, no, uh, um, no, I have a girlfriend. No, no, no. Um, yeah, she's very nice. Um, but uh, I, it's, it's strange. I... Um, I don't know if any guy does. I uh, I got in trouble the other day. I usually don't get in trouble. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> right, sir? <It's, laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm nice. But you know when you, if you like do something nice, like extra nice, like she didn't have a ride to work. So I was like, I'll drive you to work. And I was late. I had to go somewhere else. So I drove her there. And then after I dropped her off, I was like, oh, okay, I'm good to go for today. <laughs> so yeah, I got drunk all day. <laughs> <laughs> She was mad. You know, you think you, you did your deed. <laughs> she's, she's like, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I drove you to work. I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> that didn't work out. Yeah. She was making dinner. I went home and, yeah, I slept on the couch and had a fruit cup. <laughs> so, so, so when you think you did the one job of the day, it doesn't work. <laughs> Should have done more. I should have just barged in and went down on her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I can't do that. <laughs> 
fishy. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, it's a, kind of a fishy story, not like real le legitimate. Jesus. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.